Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. Putting STEM into every classroom, every day. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. And with us today is J.C. Maslick. And she is the assistant superintendent at Hopewell Area School District, just outside of Pittsburgh. And we're super excited to have her on the show because uh, she is a makerspace guru and uh, we're gonna, an author of, of the book called Steam Makers. And we're going to just chat about STEM and makerspace and, and all those great connections, which would be great leading up to the brand new school year. So welcome to the show, JC. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And um, first of all, uh, I know you're a super assistant superintendent now, but 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 you have this love of, of maker spaces and, and STEM and everything. So why don't you tell us just a little bit about how you, how you got interested in all that stuff? Uh, I think it probably started way, way back, to be honest. Um, my first job as a classroom teacher, I taught uh, kindergarten and first grade. And if you think about a lot of the great things that happen in, in STEAM and makerspaces, it is kind of reminiscent of some kindergarten stuff. Um, so I think I probably was really interested in, in it back then and didn't, didn't know it yet. Um, yeah. I worked in the classroom for about eight years and then moved on to be an elementary building principal. Wow. So I, I ran my elementary school for 10 years. Uh, I tell people that was the best job in the world. Uh, I loved, I loved that I had a K to six building and it was just such a nice, it was a, a small neighborhood school, great parents were really engaging kids. And it was during that period of time that we were presented an opportunity to apply for a grant. Um, mm -hmm. and this was over 10 years ago. So, um, there wasn't a whole lot of STEM happening like it is now. Um, so yeah. we had this invitation to apply for a grant and I thought, all right, let, let's see what happens. Free money, right? Yeah. Well, right. You can't turn away free money. So we ended up getting um, $10,000 in the first year and we used that to transform one of our classroom spaces that we weren't using um, and just put some really engaging materials in there, made it wide open so that classroom teachers could visit, kids could go in there at lunchtime. Um, mm -hmm. And it really just evolved. We, we got some grant money the next two years after that and continued yep. to build a space that just was really, really student focused. Um, and, and it was then that we kind of figured out, well, maybe it's not just STEM, oh, it's not just STEAM, and we, we, we really included some things around some hands-on making, providing really authentic opportunities for kids. Yeah. Um, and so it's and really been a passion for the last maybe 10 or 15 years even. Yeah. And, and, and that's really, I mean, like when that, that makerspace idea, even probably even before that makerspace buzzword um, really started coming into being. And so, so you're kind of at the forefront of that. And, and like you said, it's, it's really about just like, you know, kids in preschool and kindergarten making things, right? And, and, and it's something we've almost kind of lost a little bit. Kids would make stuff in their backyard and their basement and garage. I talk about that with, with teachers all the time. You know, think about when you were a kid. Get, get like that childhood memory. Mm -hmm. You probably were making something, whether oh, you yeah. were, you know, building a fort in your backyard or baking in, you know, in the kitchen with your mom or, you know, whatever you were doing some hands-on learning and you think about those memories and where did that go? Because now as adults, even, I think we, we lose that. We lose that 
ability to, to pursue our creativity. Um, and I definitely think that that has been pushed out of our schools for, for way too long, um, yeah. way too much of a focus on accountability. And I think luckily, I think we're cycling back around where those things are now back in the forefront, you know, creativity and collaboration that, that maybe we had lost. Yeah. And, and, and we're starting to see that, that renewed interest, you know, all the time. I mean, there's tons of new, new books and, and resources. Um, um, you wrote a book called steam makers. Now just tell us a little bit about, about, um, about that process and, and, and what it's good for. <laughs> well, I, so when I was working as an elementary principal, I, I was very connected with a lot of other schools who were kind of tiptoeing into that same work. And, mm -hmm. and there's a, a great organization in Pittsburgh called Remake Learning. It is a okay. network of over 350 schools, out of school, you know, um, after school programs, universities, all these organizations who, who commit to creating really rich opportunities for kids. And I think mm -hmm. it was through my participation in some of their work that I thought, wow, there are a lot of school districts doing some really amazing things that I bet other people don't know about. Yeah. Um, so I went around, I kind of started gathering the stories of these, these really cool school districts and uh, pitched the book idea to Corwin and said, you know, people need to hear, hear these stories. And they agreed. Um, yeah. So the, the book really focuses in on some of the great work that happened in the Pittsburgh region over the last 10 years. Yeah. And I, and, and your, your chapter titles are learn, change, fail, connect, build, network, and start, you know, and, and I love how that kind of builds up, you know, that, that I just need to learn a little bit about this STEM or steam or makerspace idea. And, and then it builds all the way to start. Um, and as, as teachers, you know, some of them are getting close to a brand new school year here and they're saying, well, I, I keep hearing about makerspace and I want to add some stuff, but isn't it expensive? No, uh, <laughs> I think that's the most important message. Um, there are really easy ways to start and it can be just with, you know, when we're talking about making, it can be found materials, recyclable materials, things that don't cost you any money at all. Um, in the school district that I'm currently in, uh, our junior high school building uh, serves kids in grades five through eight. And we had an empty classroom here and said, you know, let's, let's do something a little bit different. And we did it with zero dollars. Well, I take that back. Awesome. A couple gallons of paint <laughs> and zero dollars. Um, yeah. We did donations. We had um, kids bring in, you know, plastic bottles and cardboard and fabric scraps and Legos that they didn't play with anymore. Yeah. We had them bring in broken toys and, uh, you know, just really did a donation drive to create some materials that kids could have access to. Um, and I think it, the best, the most important message is start small, try it, try a project. Um, it's undeniable when you see the engagement of students, when you give them the choice to just do something with their hands. Yeah. And, and kids need that, that ability to be able to take what they see in their mind or see on a worksheet or see in a book and, and replicate it, make it something, um, expand on that to, to be not just in a book or on a worksheet or, um, things like that. And, and like you said, I mean, how many educators are sitting around their, their, their buildings right now and seeing we have an empty room, you know, we've got a few gallons of paint, you know, Hey, let's, let's even get some of the kids to come in and help paint it to be their space and, and see what, what we can make out of it. I think that's such, such an important point that it, it doesn't cost a lot of money. It really just comes from ideas again, from kids and from adults. Um, 
I think that any school, any educator who's listening can take an idea and bring it back. It doesn't even have to be a room. It can be a corner in your classroom. Um, Last summer, a a great language arts teacher of ours decided to kind of empty a bookshelf in in the corner of her room and replace the books with some other materials. So, I mean, she didn't get rid of her books. She put them somewhere else, but she used that shelf to put all kinds of little, um, you know, beads and string and cardboard and things that kids in a language arts setting could go, I'm reading this book and this is really cool. I think I want to make something that the character made or so they're using that to kind of tinker with to pair with um, their language arts instruction. And that was just an idea that, that a teacher had over the summer and brought it back to her classroom in the fall and was really successful. Yeah. Now um, we've been talking with JC Maslick again um, and you can find her on, on Twitter uh, just go to Dr. J.C. Maslick. That's J-A-C-I-E-M-A-S-L-Y-K. And um, you can you can find more great stuff that she's sharing. You can find links to her book. Um, and, and your blog, I, I wanted to point this out. A couple, couple uh, blogs that you wrote uh, on your site, which is on your Twitter link to it. Uh, you talked about uh, makerspace from A to Z. And, and just thinking through some of these things that you're mentioning here, these are all part of that list. And it's just a great list. Um, Tell, tell us about that. Well, I'm glad it's been a beneficial uh, resource for people. It really just came out of some workshops that I did with some teachers and they said, you know, don't you have a lit, can't you just give me a piece of paper and tell me all the stuff I need? Yeah. I thought, well, every makerspace really is unique. I mean, some people have a focus on, um, you know, things that are more electronic. Some people have a focus more on, you know, woodworking. Some and, people... And- and some of that comes from whatever that teacher might have, you know, more of in their classroom or what's, what's local to their community. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think every, everyone sort of has their specialty, so to speak, but I think you can start with a list of pretty basic stuff that cost either nothing to a very, very low amount of money. They're probably things that you can find in your house or your office. Um, and those are a great place to start. So I created a list just to put out there to people to say, Hey, it's simple. Here, here yep. are 26 or so different things based on our alphabet and, and pick a yep. few up and, and share those with your kids. Yeah. And it just helps, helps that brainstorming to start and, and even sending the list home with kids to their parents to say, Hey, do you have any of these things you could donate? Uh, these would be great for our classroom and, you know, clean up your house at the same time. Right. If, of course. <laughs> um, you also, you also had a great blog post about um, five yard sale fines for, for every, every maker space and, and broken toys, building blocks, hand tools, flexible seating books, um, Books, I mean, don't we have enough books? I mean, what, what can we do with books in a makerspace? Uh, well, I had a group of really creative fifth grade girls once. Um, mm-hmm. We had some very, very old books that were kind of timed out from our school library that mm-hmm. the librarian was, was weeding out and was going to pitch. And we said, don't throw those away. We're going to use those. So That's that I, mantra of every makerspace teacher. Don't throw that away. We could use it. <laughs> Right, right? Your trash is my treasure. Um, And so we Googled it. We Googled, what can you do with old books? And you would be amazed at some of the things that people come up with. Um, I mean, we had some some young ladies who created wreaths out of, like we ripped the pages out and we worked on how to fold them just so. And we watched some tutorials on YouTube and we created some really cool things out of something that was going to go in the garbage. So uh, that's just one example. 
Yeah. And, and again, the, the, the broken toys or broken electronics and, and getting kids to take things apart and how does it work and, and even putting it back together, right? Yeah, I, I had a student once who um, someone had donated a transistor radio to our makerspace and, and he was like, yeah, I think I want to I want to see what that what's inside of there. Go for yeah. it. Um, so he spent a lunch period taking it apart. He kind of set out all the all the pieces on his table. And about a week later, I came back in and the music's playing. And I thought, my goodness, he took it apart, put it back together and it worked. And you, I mean, the joy on this kid's face when he yeah. realized that he did that all himself. Um, yeah. Great learning experience. And, and that's a great skill because, I mean, I'm, I'm a teacher during a school year, but during the summer I'm, I do maintenance at a, at a summer camp. I can't tell you how many times I've just taken something apart and cleaned it and put it back together, and now it works. Um, if we can save a kid from, you know, growing up and just chucking something in the garbage when they're done with it, um, that's just a whole bad attitude to have in life. Well, and I think it, you know, so it teaches them that, you know, our, our conservation and sustainability is pretty important and that, uh, you know, yeah. we don't need to waste those materials. We can always find other uses for them. And if it didn't work, we could have found another way to, to put that to use, I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. Now, so, so teachers, uh, hopefully you've got already a ton of ideas. You're probably, your mind's wondering, you're like, oh, I got to I got to now go grab this. I got to start collecting a bunch of stuff uh, in a box to take to school and make a shelf. Um, but like, like you said, JC, um, it's simple. Just, just start a little bit. Um, try something, look around for empty room in your school or extra space in your classroom. Is any other good first steps that would, that would help a teacher kind of get started? I know we've talked about a few already, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, in that, in the blog post, I talk about yard sales. I think it's a great time. Summertime, most teachers are off that they could kind of stroll some yard sales and flea markets. There are great things to pick up there. Um, Mm -hmm. I think you can also think about like a back to school donation. You mentioned parents are a great resource. Um, We put like laundry bins in our front lobby and just said like, if you have, you know, put little signs, you know, if you have extra fabric scraps, throw them here. If you have uh, you know, clean plastic recyclables, throw them here. So there are bins that no one really has to manage, but people can drop stuff off as they, as they find the time to do that. Um, awesome. So I think reaching out to your community is, is a really simple step. Um, and even, you know, I, I don't like to tell people that it costs money, but you certainly can tap into donation, monetary donations that your community businesses might want to offer. You know, they might want to say, you know, here, here's a couple hundred bucks to, to start a project that you're doing in, in your school. Um, so don't overlook the, the great community resources that you might have in your neighborhoods. Yeah, it, it, it really doesn't take thousands of dollars or a bond proposal at your school. I mean, those no, things would no. be, that'd be great. I mean, no teacher would turn that down to get, you know, the top of the line equipment. But starting small and just giving kids that, that little bit of just start, make something, do something. Um, it's a whole different kind of learning that, that helps those kids build their creativity and innovation. So. Well, and it really can come from the kids. I mean, teachers don't have to look very far or rack their brains. I mean, think of any lesson that you're going to teach in the first month of school and say to your kids, okay, here's what we're going to focus on. What do you want to make? What, yeah. what can you do to show me that you understand this lesson? And I mean, that can happen in, math, social studies, language arts, any subject area. I don't think it has to be within a STEM subject area. I think that's a great uh, entry point. But um, I think every teacher can look at that opportunity and ask their kids, what can we, what can we make here? Is there something we can build? Is there something we can create together? 
Well, and, and there's a lot of talk right now about silos in education, that, that kind of idea that if we just teach English in this one silo, um, that it, we're very close to the point where, we, where we're putting STEM in its own silo and makerspace in its own silo. And, and we, we have to say, no, let's just have this organic farm where everything is all working together. I agree with you, but that's not nice and neat. Uh, you know, some, some people want to have it just in those nice little packages. Um, but really, the, the great thing about STEAM and, and maker education is I think it just abolishes all of those barriers and it makes the learning accessible in every subject to every kid. Yeah. Now, um, a couple more things here, uh, JC, before we let you go again, we're talking with JC Maslick. Um, definitely again, check her out on, on Twitter at Dr. JC Maslick. Uh, of course, we'll have more information, how to connect with you in the show notes. Uh, you've got one book available. Um, tell us how to, how and where to find it. And you're working on some more books, right? <laughs> I am. Um, so steam makers is available. You can grab it on Amazon. It's also available through the publisher, which is Corwin press. Um, and I, uh, have a couple different projects coming out in 2019. I'm working Great. on um, I'm working on a book with uh, Chuck Poole, who is starting the mm-hmm. Un series. Um, so Chuck is writing about unforgettable teaching. Uh, also, a part of our Un series family is Bethany Hill, who is writing uh, the second book in the series, and I'll be writing the third one on how we unlock creativity for our students. Okay. So that will be coming out in 2019. Um, and then I also have another book that um, I sort of was alluding to earlier that there's a really nice connection between children's literature and hands-on learning. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm writing all about that opportunity for students to take what we're, what we're reading. There's so many really rich stories out there right now with, you know, characters who are persevering and inventing. And so it's going to really focus in on how do we engage students in a hands-on way within our literacy classrooms uh, and, and providing a lot of opportunities for students through, through books and making. Yeah. Again, that, that messy learning that outside of the silos, you know, farm farming is, is messy. It, it smells sometimes. So let's, <laughs> let's keep doing it. So um, one, one other thing I want to ask you, I, I always like to ask this question at the end. And, and I know you're not in the classroom anymore. I mean, you probably still get in the classroom. But if you could have somebody from, uh, from STEM, past or present, uh, come and be a guest speaker at your school and just come and inspire all those kids, uh, who, who would you have come and talk to your kids? Uh, so it's going to be a Pittsburgh connection. Um, Randy Pausch, who um, did the last lecture, he was a professor at Carnegie Mellon University. And okay. um, passed away a number of years ago. He was instrumental in creating the Entertainment Technology Center, which is a graduate program at Carnegie Mellon. And our administrative team just visited there as a part of our our learning retreat. And it is amazing the the opportunities that this graduate school is providing for young people who are going into careers that are very creative and very STEM, STEAM-oriented. Yeah. You know, they're designing rides at Disney and movies for Pixar and wow. the, the latest in AI and virtual reality. Um, and he started that all. And I would love to talk to an innovator like that and just say, you know, give us some direction. Give us your wisdom. Where, where should we go from here? So yeah. I, I would have to say Randy Pausch. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to that, that phrase. I'm still mulling it over my head. You said that entertainment technology and my mm-hmm. mind's just racing with, with all sorts of ideas running off that. You know? Oh, Google it. It is an amazing place. And they're, they're doing 
such wonderful work. Um, Wonderful work is coming out of that organization. Yeah. Check them out. Awesome. Awesome. Um, any, any other last thoughts or any, anything, any last words of advice for everybody out there, JC? Uh, well, I just think that STEM, STEAM, making all of those things for me just really work together seamlessly. And, and I don't like to see them as, as siloed. Uh, I think the, the key here is when you walk into a classroom and students are engaging in that type of learning, no matter what you call it, it is authentic. Kids are passionate about it. And that's the kind of learning that I want to see in every school. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the kind of learning we should have in every school, every classroom at home, even with, with parents uh, encouraging their kids to make stuff and build stuff and take things apart uh, right at home with, with their kids as well. Um, JC, JC, it's been awesome having you on the show today. JC Maslick from uh, Hopewell area school district and the author of steam makers and soon to be author of more uh, unforgettable books. Um, (laughs) Thanks for being on the show with us today, JC. Great. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, and again, follow JC on, on Twitter at uh, Dr. JC Maslick. And again, follow all the, the links and stuff in the show notes. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of STEM Everyday Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes and your favorite podcast app. And we'll talk to you again next time. You're listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com.